You know, just thinking about this UAW situation. If, in fact, the UAW and Ford are as close to a deal as sources and reporters are reporting, obviously it's good news for the workers. Get them back in action and and get production rolling again. It's going to be good for the automakers. I, I do wonder what kind of stress, then, it will put on General Motors and Stellantis. In the sense that if Ford gets a deal done, then I would imagine we're going to see a lot of the framework from that deal being moved over to to the Stellantis and General Motors deal. It won't be the same exactly. They never are. But they're in the, they're in the ballpark. And for those that are picketing, for those that are striking, for those that are, you know, collecting those $500 weekly checks, it's tough time for them. Day 41 of this thing. We are in the sixth week. The the, the economic impact is catastrophic. I mean, it's huge. It's enormous. And so for, for everybody's sake, we got to get back to work here. Now, the UAW, I think, has accomplished a lot of what they wanted to accomplish. I don't know if they necessarily saw it as a six-week process. Again, we're not even at the finish line yet. But the idea that we are getting closer to a tentative agreement between the UAW and Ford, I think, is a good sign for then General Motors and Stellantis. And you're able to to get this train moving again. And so I, I, I hope that is the case. But these talks that started yesterday... Last night went into the early morning hours and and things are trending in the right direction. And so hopefully even better news uh, is on the very near horizon. Well, fall in Michigan means a lot of things. It means football. It means cider mills. It also means an abundance of deer. And with that abundance of deer generally means an uptick in car crashes in relation to deer running in front of you. And it's a whole headache, and it can cause a lot of problems, not only for your vehicle, but for you, for your health, and in some cases, even the most grave situations, death. Uh, In 2022, deer-related car crashes uh, eclipsed the 59,000 mark. 11 people died. Where do we stand this year? Chad Stewart is a deer, elk, and moose management specialist with the Michigan DNR and joins us. Chad, good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. Last year's numbers were record numbers. Where do we stand this year and compared to last year? Yeah, we, we really won't know that until um, probably next summer, honestly. the All those numbers get tabulated and, and don't come out until the summertime. It. So. It's hard to it's hard to track where we're at in the in the middle of things, but I can tell you from a deer population standpoint, we likely have just as many, if not more. So you know, to expect a, a dramatically lower number, I, I I would be surprised at it, just because our deer population is trending on the up and up um, across most of uh, certainly southern Michigan. I was uh, just traveling from the west side of the state yesterday uh, and and to the west side of the state this weekend. I I couldn't even count on on two hands how many 
uh, uh, deer on the side of the road that I saw and the and the ensuing aftermath from from an accident with a deer. I mean, it it does feel like uh, it has been a particularly rough year so far with with deer related car uh, incidents. Why is the herd growing uh, at such a, 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 a rapid pace in Michigan? Yeah, well, deer deer are really good at reproducing. A lot of people don't realize that the fawns that they see in the summertime, if they get to about 80 to 85 pounds, they can actually be bred in their first winter mm-hmm. and have fawns, uh, you know, they're, they're basically on their first birthday, on their, their first, their next summer. Um, and, oh. In addition to that, deer can be very long-lived. Uh, and there's no such thing as menopause in female deer. So every year they're going to have two, if not three uh, fawns born every single year. And then when you combine that with the number of hunters has been on the decline uh, for decades. You know, back in 2000, we had uh, over 900,000 deer hunters. Uh, now we're sitting at about 550,000 deer hunters. So oh my gosh. it's getting... It's, yeah, it's a dramatic decline. It's, it's a sort of a national trend that we're seeing across the Midwest. Um, our ability to control white-tailed deer populations is not keeping up with their ability to reproduce and grow. Well, how important is it then, the need to call the herd? Yeah, it's, there's a lot of importance with balancing your white-tailed deer with the habitat. And obviously, we're talking about conflicts, and, and one of those conflicts is with white-tailed deer, and and deer vehicle collisions, which, you know, last year was the highest number since I believe it was 2009 in terms of the recorded number of collisions attributed to deer. Mm. And and I believe it's something like 20% of all recorded uh, vehicle collisions in Michigan are are caused or have a deer involved with it. So there's that aspect of it. Then there's, uh, you know, the damage that they can do to agricultural crops. Uh, which certainly we we heard from plenty of farmers this year about the the number of deer in their and their certainly soybean and cornfields, um, and then there's the understory damage that can happen in our forest. You know, deer can eat seven to eight pounds of vegetation a day in the summertime, and all of that vegetation is is uh, really good hiding spots for things like ground nesting birds, low nesting birds that really contribute to their uh, nesting success. And there have been studies that have implicated a decline in understory uh, bird populations with mm. with overabundant deer populations. And and obviously the black bears, the coyotes, uh, the bobcats are all, you know, natural predators to deer, but there just aren't enough of them to, to be able to control the population naturally. And that's why uh, the hunters are so important uh, here in the state of Michigan. But in, in from some of my research that I was doing, this is this is really the prime year, a prime time of the year where where we see the most accidents involving deer. It, why is that uh, exactly? Is just this the height of the population uh, of deer in the state of Michigan during a, a yearly cycle? Well, what happens what happens uh, in October and November, where uh, really thirty three percent of all the deer vehicle collisions for the year occur. So they're just occurring in these two months is, is really the, the, their breeding season. It's mm-hmm. either the lead up to or the ongoing activity of the, their breeding season. And with that, deer are on the move a lot more. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising now to see deer moving in the middle of the day. Um, their, their home ranges expand. There's a lot more movement and there's a lot more chasing, all revolving around this, this breeding season, which is specifically timed so their fawns can be born 
in the summertime, uh, usually late May, early June, with maximum amount of resources to support, you know, the lactating does. Mm. Um, so that's why you see a lot more vehicle collisions occurring at this time of year because the deer activity is increased far more at this time of year. It's so natural, I think, if you're in the car, you see a deer, you want to swerve, but, that, but that's not really the the recommended way of going about it, is it? No, no, and there's a whole campaign. It's the, the Don't Veer for Deer campaign, yeah. and, and really what that, that comes down to is, you know, nobody wants to hit a deer, but you can you can do far more damage to you or someone else if you take your car out of that line of uh, of the road and, and go, you know, on the berm or into another lane of traffic. So you can create, you can make a bad problem worse by doing that. So, um, you know, you try to take some of the steps to minimize the likelihood of striking a deer, knowing that it's never uh, 100% guarantee that you're, you're not going to hit one. But if you do, um, it's far better to absorb that that collision with a deer rather than something else like an oncoming car or a telephone pole. Yeah. Chad Stewart with the Michigan DNR. Good information. Appreciate the time as always. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. I, uh, my wife and I and the kids, we were coming back. Uh, we were uh, going home. We were coming down uh, M14, getting off the ramp at, at Plymouth Road, and deer came right out of the woods, and uh, I, I think our side mirror hit it in the head. Uh, it, we, we were thankfully we were coming off the ramp, so we weren't going very fast. But the mirror flipped in. Good for the deer. The mirror flipped in, uh, and I think it just kind of knocked it silly, ran away into the woods. There were there was no other damage to the car, um, but it just came out of nowhere. I mean, just in the blink of an eye, it was out in the middle of the of the road. Uh, it is a, a tough spot, uh, certainly uh, if you if you do come across one of these things, but it really is. You can't swerve. <laughs> It's, it is so natural to do it, but in you know, the worst case scenario is you're going to do a boatload of damage to your car. I think the average uh, cost of getting your car fixed after you hit a deer is like eight, nine thousand bucks. And that's the average. Obviously, it can go higher and go lower. But but boy, you can get a whole lot of trouble if you start swerving all over the roadway, especially during, you know, heavy traffic places, uh, things like that. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Courtney coming up. We'll, we'll delve a little bit more into the situation with Michigan football next on JR Afternoon.